Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and has a 60-minute time limit. I'm Sean McHugh, once again, alongside Rob Quinn. This is our pre-elimination day, where we decide which one of us is no longer on the podcast. Oh, man, it's like that. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, um, man. I, I mean, okay, only so one chubby getting... bearded Irish guy can be on a podcast at a time. <laughs> it's getting cutthroat over here already. Uh, <laughs> this week's show is going to be, uh, we're actually going to be recapping the events of this, this past week, starting with an amazing NXT takeover vengeance day. Uh, we'll get into the go home shows for Raw and SmackDown for elimination chamber. Uh, our next episode is going to be our elimination chamber preview. So we'll probably save some of the conver- most of the conversation for that. Uh, NXT and AEW both had, um, both had some great shows, uh, good, good fallout from takeover AEW just kind of treading water for a revolution. And then I want to talk about some, uh, I finally got caught up on NXT UK, some really great stuff going on there that I really want to touch base on. But, uh, I think, I think we're going to be cutting it close today, Rob, but I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I can go time on it. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's see what we can do here. Let's get the, let's ring the bell and let's get this thing going. So starting off right away, like I just like I said at the, at the open, NXT Takeover was amazing. Uh, as I as I said last week, I have never seen a bad Takeover. This one was phenomenal. Every match, start to finish, I thought was great. I mean, what, what did you think? I love the show. They 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 simply cannot do a bad Takeover, and everybody forgets that as entertaining and funny as Johnny Gargano has been, that guy shines on that show. That's why he's Johnny Takeover. Yeah, yeah, he, I mean, the, the man is just a worker. And uh, like, I, I think it's safe to say that that was, Gargano Kushida was match of the night. As I expected, yeah. they put on a clinic, the 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 strict mat wrestling that they ended up doing. I mean, even in the middle of the match and their mat wrestling and exchanging holds and just rolling around. I mean, it was, it was a technical classic and phenomenal. And importantly, uh, as well, uh, Austin Theory straight up was chloroformed and kidnapped before the match. So for him to wrestle with that kind of stress, uh, it's just incredible. <laughs> can we can we talk about how the WWE in the last two weeks has committed no end of felonies, murders, and crimes? I mean, we've, it, we've burned I'm, someone to death. We've we've chloroformed and kidnapped. We it's it's one thing after another. Crashed a Lamborghini. Like yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's been, I mean, there's attempted murders. Dexter Loomis, I think I think Dexter Loomis now has three, four, four official kidnappings. Like yeah. security at NXT really needs to get tightened up because Dexter Loomis, Dexter Loomis is just straight up abducting people left and right. Uh, I mean, he got he got almost all of Undisputed Era during the Velveteen and Cole uh, stories, and then yeah, it basically kidnaps Austin Theory. And he goes missing for for a couple of days, uh, only to be found later on. Guy's been around two years committing crimes and never spoken a word. Yeah, and he's a hell of an artist. We also so starting off though, we had the uh, the Dusty Cup for the women's uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez get the win over Ember and Shotzi Blackheart. I, I'm a little confused though. Like I, I don't really understand some of the rules and logic. They did the double pin for the finish. Like Raquel pinned and then Dakota got on top of her. Like is that a legal pin? I, I never know if that's like technically a legal pin or not but i mean well, it is now yeah i mean they counted it in this situation but uh it was a great ma- they, they were a great match as were the men's msk got the win as we as we expected they'll challenge uh oni and danny for the tag titles down the line the the women's three-way was also a great match it just was unfortunate that 
the big spot that they had planned clearly clearly and literally fell apart on them when when tony was trying to clear off the table and the whole thing just collapsed it just Uh, fell apart it looked like i don't know if eo was supposed to do the moonsault through the table like it definitely seemed like that was supposed to be the case she still hit a sick dive but uh, yeah it definitely looked like there was supposed to be a really big spot that just you know for the sake of for the sake of uh kayfabe it just it literally fell apart on them but still a great match like i said the triple threat matches are always like a surprise one where it, even if you have no interest in it which we really didn't it was still a really great match uh eo pins mercedes like we thought to continue the storyline with tony storm later on in the week uh and then finally finn balor and pete dunn i mean again really solid match really great match a technical back and forth, hard hitting, really, really good. And then ends with Finn getting the pin, but then attacked by Oni and Danny undisputed era comes out. And then we get the turn that I think was surprising, but not surprising at the same time. You know, they have beautifully uh, redone storytelling NXT. NXT tells that story so wonderfully that you've ended what I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. They that should have been the end of Finn and Pete. It was a pin, it was a clean pin. It was it was a good match over and done with. But they found a creative way to keep it going and through the extra twist in there of the uh Kyle O'Reilly. Well, it is a Kyle O'Reilly turn, but the Adam Cole heel turn. Yeah. Now, where does this leave Roddy and Bobby Fish? That's the question. I mean, it is it is a good question too. I mean, Bobby Fish unfortunately you know the injury bug has just been up his butt for his entire tenure in nxt it seems like every every third match he ends up coming out with an injury and then having to be swapped out or substituted for or something like that well he's like 75 so i think this time was i think this one's a he's dealing with a torn tricep after war games that he's still obviously that's going to take time to heal he had some surgery on it yeah I, i don't know it's 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 interesting to see i mean as we saw on NXT, uh, they had a six-man match with Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roddy versus uh, Birch, Danny, uh, Danny Birch, Oni Lorcan, and Pete Dunne, where Adam Cole comes out and, and attacks everybody again. They but Kyle doesn't know who he can trust. Roddy is trying to, you know, they they didn't show Roddy didn't really show a side at the end of Takeover, and he didn't really show a side at the end of nxt this week either the beatdown yeah i mean he just was he wasn't involved in, a, in the beatdown on either side he was just kind of shrugging and trying to figure out what the hell was going on but he never he didn't really choose a side just yet so the i think the expectation would be for him to follow cole but at the same time cole could be completely on his own right now and i think we'd both be okay with that because he's, he's i think cole is going to be on his own i think this is the true breakup of ue i, I think it's Everybody's going to go off on their own way now because when when Bobby comes back, that's Red Dragon. That's Kyle, Kyle and Bobby. That's the team. Roddy doesn't was a solo guy. He doesn't need the rest of them. But I think Kyle's starting to set himself. Kyle's starting to set himself apart as a solo guy. I mean, yeah, the matches he had with Finn are just starting to prove, and he's he's getting a little bit of passion behind his his mic work and everything again. So I think we're going to see some great Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole matches. Uh, and clearly, the man can sell, being that. 
everybody and their mother thought that he actually had like a full on seizure after getting brain busted onto the steps and had to be, you know, carted out, uh, stretchered out of the stretchered out of the arena. It's, it's the old Tommy dreamer working the boys thing. You look so bad that even the guys backstage think you're bad. Yeah, for real. Uh, I mean, let's just stick with NXT. The rest of that show, the rest of the show was was good. Uh, as we, as I mentioned earlier, Ember and Shotzi, were, Ember and Shotzi had a match against the way during the match. Gargano's, you know, Johnny's at ringside. They've got fine, like missing posters for Austin Theory. <laughs> Random white van shows up. Gargano goes out to take a look and then finds Austin Theory in the most ridiculous getup in the world. So I'm not really sure what happened during <laughs> takeover. And and the silence of the lamb moment basically, but he's you know he's in boxers. He's got a a, a summer uh, like a summer of '96 cutoff T-shirt on, and I just it was great. I mean the whole angle. Hey, like, it's it's like the fiend when you're with Dexter Loomis, he changes you. I yeah, I'll be interested to see what if they do anything from that. I just I love the whole again the whole thing. Like Candice goes running up the ring uh running up the ramp to hug austin meanwhile indy gets rolled up and they lose the match and austin starts clapping because he's not sure he doesn't realize that they lost the match so he starts (laughs) laughing and johnny has to like hush him down i i just you know like i said the lovable the lovable doofus whatever you want to call it i i love the angle i love the shtick uh and i just i want to keep saying it and i'm happy to keep saying it you know speaking of shtick uh are we now supposed to cheer for Pat McAfee? I'm not sure because I mean he basically he calls he calls Adam Cole a scumbag and he just says I've I've I'm been right the entire time. I don't think so. I'm not really sure why they're dropping that set like they're dropping that again like having Pat McAfee just kind of pop up and cut promo like cut a promo like that like I just it seemed like an odd occurrence. I mean I think they're just trying to still make sure people know he's in the fold so that when time allows and he shows up. And McAfee's a thing. Yeah. That McAfee's a thing. And when he does show up, it's going to, you know, it's going to make an impact. You want to be happy about it. You want to, you want to be excited that you're seeing him. I'm not really sure. I guess. Uh, who knows? The one person I'm always happy to see is, is a uh, Leo, Leo Ruff. <laughs> Leo Ruff. I call him. Leo Ruff. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, so that I don't, I'm not really sure what was happening. So he, he keeps getting these, you know, these, these, fluke wins whatever you want to call them like uh, kind of the the surprise the surprise victories the the swerve angle I, I don't know where it's going it doesn't seem like it's escalating they anything. have nothing else for isaiah swerve they have nothing for him he's got no upside no future he's mumbling about the north american championship after the match so like he wants a shot at that which would be a heel versus heel thing unless they're gonna start a program with him and bronson reed for a number one contendership for it but yeah it just i don't I don't really get, he's not being, he's, I mean, he started to show it this week. He just doesn't seem to be being like ruthless enough. He's not like turning that, turning that page to just be a a heel straight up heel. He's still like, if you're going to go, go. Yeah. He's just towing the line too much. And I just don't, I don't know. We'll we'll get to it later, but it's, you got to think of it in terms of like Apollo Cruz. If you're going to go, go. Right. You know, drop some steps on a guy. (laughs) <laughs> exactly speaking of things that i just don't understand the the tyler rust story continues uh i mean great work by malcolm vivens to set the match with him and kushida with kushida not being 100 percent, and then he he being vivens calls off the match or throws in the towel whatever you want to say like he submits for tyler rust so that he can protect his you know protect his asset and everything i love the, i love the storyline there i just still don't care about tyler rust give me well the story there is malcolm Bivens. 
Yeah, but give me any other wrestler in that spot then because Tyler Russ just isn't, he's not the sell point. Like he, he's not the name or face or any of that that I'm going to really give a crap about because when an eventual turn... Ha- do, do a turn, man. But when an eventual turn happens, I'm still not going to care. I'm sorry. Like I'm just No, gonna- no, no, no. Have, have Bivens turn. Give him either Isaiah Swerve or, or Ruff. Either one. He could go either way. Make a mini Hurt business down in NXT. You know, give everybody something to do. I can see it with Swerve. I can see Swerve joining forces with him and and kind of cutting out Tyler Rust. Uh, and Bivens would be great. All those storylines that I've told you about with my like my sneaky manager agent thing, Bivens would be perfect in all of those yep. situations. So, and hopefully we'll be able to get to that down the road. Uh, I miss I miss the days of having actual, you know, Grand Wizard Freddie Blassie. Oh yeah, actual managers who came out like Paul Heyman is the greatest that has ever been in. His position. Paul is not a manager. Paul is the advocate. He is the assistant, the special counsel. He's the employee. Or he's poorly dangerously. Yeah. Like, give me a manager who's devious and underhanded and almost takes the heat away from the guy a little bit, but not really. Like, I'm a big faction and stable guy. You know, give me a Legion of Doom or, or you know, well, not the later ones, but the original with Paul, Paul Ellering and, yeah. and Road Warriors and Nikita Khrushchev but that's I mean that's what's proven though because when you have a manager and when you have the stable vibe you don't have to worry about everybody on the mic you can have one guy be the sounding board and then you don't have to worry about these guys who they claim can't cut a promo or anything like that or the guys that don't have the mic skills they don't need mic skills if they can work in the ring like I'm okay with business like, like the Hurt Business, exactly. I, I Bobby Lashley can't cut a... I don't think he can cut a promo much to save his life unless it's just the way WWE is writing his promos. MVP cuts him left and right, and they, they work great for him. MVP is the perfect sounding board for the Hurt Business. Tyler Biv- uh, Tyler Bivens. Malcolm Bivens is a great sounding board and, and can do that agent style perfectly. AEW is kind of similar. Like the inner circle, you've got Jericho. And MJF, but like the two of them can do all the talking. You don't have to have Hager really cut promos. Yeah. He kind of can. Santana and Ortiz, they don't have to. When they do, it's great, but they don't have to. You're actually bringing to the next point, like LA Knight, which by the way, what an incredibly dumb name. Like call him Eli Knight or you know something. But my worry is he is going to be the guy because he's so entertaining. He's so good on that mic that yeah. we're never going to see him in the ring. Like they're going to team him up with someone to be the mouthpiece and you're never going to see. Him. And so that's my work. I don't think so. I think he's, I think they're, they're on the verge of another slew. I mean, probably after mania, who knows, but like, I think they're going to be pulling a couple people up. I know Finn, even though he's, he's top of his game right now with NXT, I know he's done a couple interviews lately where like, he's mentioned that the goal was to go back to Raw and SmackDown eventually. Whether or not that's going to happen now, who knows? We talked about last week, Karrion Cross is not meant for NXT for too long. And even uh, even this week, I don't know if it was an injury or what. I didn't get to, I, I saw something about it. I didn't get to read into it though. Uh, the match with him and es- uh, Santos Escobar got pushed to next week. I don't know if it was just a timing thing, but I think I read somewhere that I one think of Escobar them- is, is quarantined. Yeah, I was going to say one of them wasn't medically cleared. So they uh, they, they pushed that. But I, I think he's going to move his way into one of those spots just because some of the guys that are there aren't meant to be there long. Um, right. and, and then also you've got, you know, you've got this main event picture, which has a whole bunch of people in it. But 
they can easily kind of cut away or he can LA Knight can drop in. And I, I spelled it with a K, but then I noticed that they were putting in for copyrights with no K like night as in the night, like dark. Oh, and I was just... like, wait, what? Like, listen if, to, to your point, if Balor goes back to raw SmackDown, go back as this Prince character. Oh yeah. Cut that, cut that promo on SmackDown where he says, I don't watch this business. This business watches me. And he is instantly in that main event picture. Oh yeah. Instantly. I think, I I think if anything, he would go to like, if they're still going to play off the heel side of it, I'm not sure which side they're going to go with it, but if they want to play that heel side of it, he'd go to raw before SmackDown because you're, you don't, you can't bring up anybody main event heel wise to, to even put a candle to Roman right now. Cause he's just, he's just on fire. Really nothing much else for NXT uh, looking at taking a look at the list. So let's, let's move over now to the, to the two main shows Raw on SmackDown. Raw was, we talked about it in our, in our pre-show meeting. Raw was weak this week. It was really just all set up for the chamber. Terrible go home show. Terrible. I, it was, it was a, it was a very basic go home show. I mean, they, they did the gauntlet match, which they've been doing the last couple of years since Kofi mania, like to establish who's going to be last to come out in the chamber. I think they did it the right way. You started with Kofi uh, after, so just, sorry, let me back up. Kofi ends up getting in the chamber because Miz backs out. Miz pulls himself from the match. And then because he's trying to play it smart, he's trying to take that chance and be like, I'm Mr. Money in the Bank. Like I can get a championship match whenever I want. So pulls himself from the match and then wants to put in Morrison. Kofi wants to go in because Kofi is an ex-champion. So that was, he was the other ex-champion that we, we were talking about who could have been in this match. And then they have the one-on-one affair. Kofi ends up getting the win, so he takes Miz's spot. He then leads off the gauntlet match against AJ. They have a great start, which is a full uh, flashback to the Kofi mania. Because it was when AJ came down to the ring. and AJ AJ was faced at the time, too. But it was when AJ came down to the ring and got in the ring with Kofi. And that's when Kofi hit that spot of, like, that passion and that that turning point where he just shoved him and it's been 11 years and he's ready and he's going to keep going. And that's really when Kofi Mania was born in that moment. So it was cool to see the two of them starting it off. And then I think they did it the right way. You know, AJ takes out Kofi and then Drew comes out and then Drew does the legwork for the whole gauntlet match only to get taken out by Sheamus in the end. Uh, they pulled our retribution spot. I don't know if you saw, basically Alexa showed up on all the videos. Yeah. So the thing we've been saying that uh, Mustafa Ali should be doing, they do with Alexa and it looked awesome. So we were right. It was a really cool thing. I was right. <laughs> and it makes, it made perfect sense. They just did it with Alexa instead of retribution, but maybe they'll hold on to that for retribution too. Because like I said, it looked awesome. I don't, this going the match. I don't, I don't understand what's going on with that title picture at all. I don't understand where Miz fits in. I don't understand what they're doing with Drew. They are treating Drew truthfully, like he's a second-rate champion to Rome. He's got little to nothing actually going on. Like, if you, if I, if I quick snap-polled half the people watching the shows, and I said, what exactly is his main issue at the moment? Most people wouldn't remember that Sheamus is even a thing. Yeah. It's, it's poorly executed, poorly done. They have the same writing staff for SmackDown, and SmackDown is so much better. I have to think it's because they're putting, they're being told to put emphasis on SmackDown and SmackDown stories, and then Raw will just carry itself because that's how it feels. Raw has amazing performers on it that no one cares about. It definitely, it definitely feels at this point where you know they've always said the SmackDown was the B show, right? Not, not anymore. 
I mean, with with Roman and the work that they're doing on there, much, much more the A show in my eyes. Because, yeah, I mean, Raw's been just kind of middling. It, it, they don't have any competition. I also think it's just because they don't have any competition right now and not like a like AEW or another wrestling promotion. I'm just saying like on television, like they yeah. tend to, they tend to beef it up when football's in season because they always want to make sure that they're trying to compete with the NFL. They would always time, you know, they'd always time like a main event segment or a main car or a main match or something like that for halftime. Like they would, they would make sure that that, so that they can get somebody to flip the channel during halftime and then hopefully stay, stay on to your point. McIntyre is just kind of like, okay, here's a new guy. You're going to fight him. Okay. Like the only storyline that they've done that's actually held and held like held itself has been the fiend and Orton and Alexa. Like the three of them is the only story that's, that's been ongoing. I mean, if you, if you look at this, like back in the day, like playing GM mode or something like that on, on SmackDown versus raw, like this, the only rivalry that's going, there is yeah. nothing else. Like the, the, like I said, the Sheamus one, I think they pulled the trigger too quick. The, the turn was too soon and it just didn't it just didn't warrant anything and it uh, and it doesn't it still doesn't warrant anything i don't understand it you think it's going to be the main of the the, the championship match at mania yeah. i don't but i don't know what else drew's going to do at this point because i mean they basically all but confirmed edge going to smackdown with the fact that he didn't show up at all on raw right meanwhile on smackdown he's having conversations with all the faces that are in the chamber. He has the, 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 he's in the main event. He, he yeah, he, he's on commentary at the main event. He has the, he gets involved in the kerfuffle, which we'll get to in a minute. Cause yeah, I mean, otherwise for raw, there was really nothing the hurt business and Lucha bros and riddle had a match. MVP might've actually messed up his knee on that one. He looked like, it looked he looked like they, rough coming out of there. He looked rough and it looked like they had to, they had to pull that kind of, they, they pulled the trigger on that kind of quick. Uh, then the other big news is uh, Lacey, Lacey Evans announces that she's pregnant, which Flair loses his mind. And, you know, I, my, I had, I saw some stuff online and I saw people say that her husband is the real MVP because now she's pregnant and we don't have to deal with this terrible story. And, (laughs) and in my head, I went, the question is, what do you do? Well, that's just it. So in my head, no, it doesn't, but it's also, (laughs) you basically just pause this story because when Becky got pregnant, she didn't have anything like she didn't have it. There was no reason to keep her on TV, quarantine issues, COVID issues, whatever, what, what have you. So she was gone. Made sense. This, uh, this saga with Lacey and pretending, I mean, they never said who the father was live on TV. Ric Flair made it seem like it was him, but you can play that up and, this story can continue for months now because like she's actually going to be pregnant. So you have her show. She's going to be off TV at some point. You can't have a pregnant woman performing in the middle of a pandemic, which is why Becky. Yes, because, but that's more the pandemic side, but I don't know if that's necessarily true that she can't be performing. Fucking Maria, Maria Canellis won the 24 seven championship at eight months pregnant. Like the, it was gone two weeks later. Well, it was gone two weeks later, but at the same time, like she, you know, she actually, still came out and she still did all the spots that she could. And I, I don't know, again, maybe it's the COVID side of it. That'll keep it away, but I wouldn't be surprised if they still play it up for a while or this storyline basically gets to continue into the summer now. 
because there's going to be a time where Lacey is visibly pregnant. Great. She's going to be visibly pregnant and she can come out and mess up Charlotte's, you know, mess with Charlotte until she comes back at, at year's end or Royal Rumble next year after giving birth. So I, I don't know. Um, speaking of the 24 seven championship, bad bunny won the title. Uh, we're, we are recording this on a Saturday afternoon. So by the time this airs tomorrow on Sunday, he may have lost the title on Saturday Night Live. He's the musical guest this week. So I'd imagine the reason that he's the champ is because they're going to have- lose it on Saturday Night Live. To lose it on Saturday Night Live. I don't know if it'll be like Keenan Thompson or Colin Yost or if R-Truth is going to pop up and confuse everybody because no one's going to know why this random black guy is attacking Bad Bunny on, on Saturday Night Live. But who knows? I think he holds on to it and maybe loses it on Raw because obviously he's still having that storyline with Damian Priest. Uh, traditionally SNL is a good spot for them. Yeah. If you remember when the rock hosted and everybody showed up, it, it catapulted guys that were floundering at the time, like the big show, all of a sudden they had storylines, big show, mankind and triple H, right? I think yeah. they're the three that popped up with the rock. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I mean, they've obviously have that relationship. They did the, you know, Colin Yost and, and what's his name. We're in the Andre, the giant battle Royal a couple of years back at mania. So, you know, they've done, they've done plenty of storylines with the SNL, obviously, USA being a, a NBC owned network makes sense. So we will see, we'll have to see tonight what happens there. And then the fiend, I mean, the only other real thing that we, we didn't get to talk about yet was the fiend basically was revived by Alexa. She, you know, she, she summoned or hearkened back and, and, you know, brought, brought the demon or brought the fiend back, I guess. I'm not well, really he's sure. recovered from his injuries to his back from carrying raw for months. <laughs> so. You had me. I'm so, I was serious. I just in my head, I just went, Wait, he was actually injured? That's why they wrote him off. And I was thinking, I was like, I haven't seen anything on that, but good call. Yes, his back is probably killing him from carrying this show so long. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll be interested to see and we'll talk about it more next episode. If he's going to pop up in the chamber, what's going to happen there? It's, a, it's an easy spot for him to come in and, and do some damage. You, you know, you know, my spot. If I'm if I'm booking it, we the, the last two coming into the chamber is Randy and Seamus, and Seamus is last. And as they're doing the countdown for Randy, just before they get to one, the lights go out, there's uh, under, under lighting for Randy, so it looks spooky. The whole thing goes black, we pop up, we see the Fiend in there with him, and I think the Fiend is gonna look different. Yeah. He's gonna have a different look to him. I think while he's in there, he puts the mandible claw on him. If it was me, I would fill the chamber up with smoke, have the lights go out you come back on and everybody's gone except you know yeah the guys that were currently in the ring that's how you that's how you make the chamber match a little more interesting because i've never been a fan of the chamber matches it's just it, it's 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 a wide cage match i don't agree with the counting down letting people out of the pod it's like you're trying to do royal rumble in a cage you and I vastly disagree. I actually, I love the chamber matches. We, yeah. the, the chamber, the chamber was the last event I went to before lockdown. Uh, that was, that was March of last year. It was a couple of days before my birthday. And we went, we went down to Philly and watched it live. And that was the one where Otis went flying out the, like flying through the wall and ended up in the, like outside. Yeah, I like those spots. That stuff. Like it's, I, I've always liked those spots, but you know, ultimately there's no surprises to the winner. That's my thing. The, the chamber never surprises me. That's why I said I don't really understand what they're doing with the uh, main title because he's got to defend it in the chamber. So, I mean, what kind of shenanigans and tomfoolery are they going to do with The Miz and Sheamus? And him? like, that's the only mystery. But I also don't care about any of them. 
I don't care about she- Sheamus' story. I, I'm so over the Miz. And Drew McIntyre has not impressed me or kept me interested since he turned face. He's not. A, some guys can't be faces. Some guys can't be heels. Drew's better with with a crowd. I mean, they're they're letting him. You know, they're letting him kind of be himself and kind of just emote a little bit more and just be more natural on the mic, which is nice. But I don't disagree with you that. Yeah, I mean, but he also. In order to be a good face, a lot of the times you have to have a good rivalry. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. He doesn't have a good rivalry right now. They didn't do enough work to to cement the... I, I don't think they did enough work to cement Sheamus and Drew as longtime friends because the, they never gave Sheamus a, a true face turn to make it believable. Like, you always knew that was going to be the situation, was that they weren't going to... that they were going to be at odds they never gave him that true moment of like yeah we're gonna be a team and we're gonna do all this stuff like saving the day like it just it never happened for me i don't even care about that i don't care about that in order for him to be credible you have to build him up so have him destroy people have him go in and take out keith lee take out like take out everybody who seamus but they're not but they're not. They're they're letting they're 50-50 booking everything. So now he doesn't have a credible, you know, a, a credible threat. Listen, th- this company is the same company that built up King Kong Bundy as some unto- unstoppable monster to fight Hulk Hogan when everybody knew he was just a big fat guy. So, you know, Tiny Lister was brought in as Zeus to, to be this this ultimate killing machine. Yeah. So it's not that they can't do it, they're just not doing it. Yeah, I I like I said, I don't know. I think AJ was probably the most credible opponent for drew and they just they kind of just ran out of gas and just stopped i mean now we're all over the place and again i keep saying it i know i'm a broken record with this but we still have fast lane to come in like three weeks again it's a quick turnaround before a pay-per-view so who the hell knows miz can miz could take it after the chamber or like if say maybe Randy does get taken out by the fiend, does Miz reinsert himself then? Because now somebody's missing, and I, I don't know. The other option, I, the other thing I could, I I could see, but probably won't, probably won't happen. Would be Fiend coming in and just decimating everybody and costing Drew the match, and then you can somehow get to the Fiend and Drew at Mania. But he's got that program with Orton going, so clearly it's going to be. Orton. Uh, and you, and the Fiend has the Roddy Piper problem. You can't put a you can't put a title on him, because then you got to get it off of him. Yeah, eventually, and you can't build him up to be this otherworldly Michael Myers, uh, Jason Voorhees character, and then have him lose, to, you know, to a, an inside cradle. That's ridiculous. So Gold, you just or, or Goldberg. Yeah, that's a whole other. But I think, um, to their credit, I think they've learned their lesson. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, when it comes to it. I mean, I think I think they have as well. I'd love to see a title run for The Fiend, but to your point, yes. I mean, the only way you get that belt off of him then is a multi-man match. You, you don't get it off through a one-on-one singles affair because there's no one, you can't build anybody up to that level. You've also, though, messed up The Fiend a couple times because you've had, you know, a no-contest finish in a hell in a cell with The Fiend because Seth right. Rollins. I mean, it's just, there, there's been a lot of beat him up too badly. Yeah. There's been a lot of questionable moments with the fiend as well, which kind of negates some of what we're, some of what we're looking for. So it, I mean, it'll be interesting to see the, the men's, we, we don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of question marks on the raw side, especially for the chamber paper, like for the pay-per-view. I mean, 
and we'll get like we'll get into that on on the next episode. But there's just a lot of question marks on Raw in general, and especially this Sunday. Now, on the complete opposite side, as we just mentioned, SmackDown is rolling. It is every every segment is is great. The the storylines are the the main storylines I should say are are top of the line right now. Edge, like we talked about, comes out and gets in the ring with Roman. It definitely like they're I mean, it's guaranteed basically at this point. It's all but guaranteed at this point that Edge is fighting Roman at Mania. They they they're not even like trying to tease anybody else anymore. And then at, and then like we said, at the end of the show, it was the six man, so they don't have the gauntlet match to say who's gonna come out last. So we have no clue who's coming out last or first or any of this nonsense or smackdown, which I like. Uh the chamber is gonna be completely fresh. Uh faces versus heels in a six man match. As as always big kerfuffle at the end everyone gets a finisher edge spears jay uso and then roman pops up out of nowhere and spears edge which great camera work by the way i didn't even see i did not see him anywhere on camera but more importantly i didn't the, the storytelling in this the, the finale of this was done so well that i didn't see it coming i didn't see edge getting involved and when he was i was like hey that's great he did it. and then i never put it i didn't have time enough to put together that he would be attacked by Roman. Because Roman, up to this point, has been cool as a cucumber. He doesn't get involved in that kind of thing. And at the beginning, when Edge said to him, I've gotten in your head and you've lost your cool. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the storytelling of that main event is amazing. It's so well done and so well paced. But I will say this. I popped hard when, at the beginning, between Edge and Roman... Sami Zayn comes out. Oh yeah! Like to me, they elevated Sami Zayn so much right there. It was just and the and getting him out of it was great. Jey Uso just had enough of him. I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna kick this motherfucker right out of the ring. Sammy, look, Sammy's gold. I mean, he's been he's been gold, gold, Jerry, gold. He's he's been fantastic throughout this entire this entire saga. The the intercontinental, you know, between the intercontinental championship when he won again, that was elimination chamber last year that he won that match. Holds on to the belt. That that ladder match between him, AJ, and Jeff Hardy was yeah. was nothing short of fantastic. Uh, he gets the storyline with E, the ridiculous stick figure T-shirt, which I still have to buy. I, I definitely want me one too. You know, I I am the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, it's it's just all it's all great stuff. Sammy is Sammy's killing it with this heel character. Uh, speaking of the Intercontinental Championship, Apollo, as we talked about, finally like turns the corner. Loses to Shinsuke in a good match, and then just beats up Shinsuke, beats the crap out of E, drops the steel stairs on E. Uh, I'm really, I'm really liking the the turn Apollo's taken. He, he's definitely done a great job of of building this. And then again, even E, like telling him we're done. Like E's getting that serious tone. Like no, like I'm not telling you to go to catering, but you're done. We're done. We're not. You know, you and I aren't doing this anymore. And Apollo makes sure that he lets it be known that no, we're doing this. And it was, it was just great. It, it's looking really good. In this segment, Big E has shown why he's the future champion because of the three letters of this company. In that segment, he gave you the second two. Him sitting there at a couch with his feet getting massaged on a tray table eating a Salisbury steak was incredibly entertaining. Oh my God, yeah. That was so much. He's so good on commentary. He's so good on the mic. And then you believed him when he was serious. He was a cat. When he came up, he was being, no, we're done. You can't do this to him anymore. Look what you've done. You almost forgot that the man's sitting there barefoot. 
Right. Yeah. And I mean, because he was getting so tickled. He can, he can, he can flip that switch. And I think, I mean, obviously the new day and, and the chemistry that they had and letting him come out of his skin uh, like that was, was huge. It was absolutely a, a huge moment to just let him be himself and open him up. And now you're, you're seeing it. And th- to your point. Yeah. I mean, that is, he could carry the championship just as we're talking about a good face champion. He 100% can yeah. be that because he can flip that switch. Drew doesn't have that switch. Like he, he just kind of aloofs around and when he gets serious, he's serious, but like, okay, cool. But uh, it's just not as, it's just not the same. It's something completely well, different. He, when, uh, he has elevated and given that missing piece to Apollo. Like Apollo has all the tools, except for the fact that he is charisma kryptonite. Like he is just not in, like no one is entertained by him. No one is interested. But find me more talented down the roster. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested now. I'll tell you that. that I am too. The, like I said, even the way he even the even the way he turned and flipped that switch, I'm I'm buying him, and he's believable as as a heel. I mean, it's it's really it's really working. Uh, what you know what? Now I was go ahead. I was just gonna say what else is working, and I'm a huge fan of is uh, my new favorite segment, Ding Dong Hello. I, I, I'm sorry, but. Bailey, during that segment where they they did the perfect cut where Bailey comes in and then I I mean they did great framing because then the door opens again and there's Nia and Shayna, <laughs> so they they yeah. do the they do they do the comedy bit where they're both trying to come through the door and they can't they go to sit on the the, the single stool for both of them. Uh, it gets a little confusing after that because so oh no 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 why I was not confused at all that they were absolutely calling back to the APA that through everything that happened, Bailey's just yelling there. Can you use the door? Oh yeah. Door. Well, that's, and that's what, what I love. That's what, that's what, that's why I absolutely love it. Cause anytime someone comes to the ring, she's like, use the door, use the door. Like she's cutting everybody off and just being like, go to the door. There's a door. There's a door people. Um, and I just, I loved it. What I got confused about though. So Sasha comes out and then Bianca comes out, and then Reginald the sommelier comes out for, like, Carmella's guy comes out, wearing a Carmella t-shirt to back Banks, and then we end up with a, we, we end up with a six-person tag where Reginald's in the match uh, and ends up winning by pinning Nia, and just, I, I just, I don't, um, unless they're planning on moving Reginald over to Sasha for her eventual heel turn, which I think takes place Sunday, I, I don't they're, they're the same character, so it doesn't matter. Right. Um, so that I, that part was weird. I mean, also got to give props to Bailey wrestling in socks and that ridiculous turtleneck <laughs> cutout. Whatever. I mean, I don't even. I thought that. I thought that was two separate pieces. Like it was a shirt and then a turtleneck, and it was all one. She rest, She actually wrestles the match in that getup. Does a great job. I mean, it was it was a great match. Uh, not. I mean, not a great match, but the the segment and and just. Um, Bailey in general was was phenomenal. For whatever reason, then we get it's going to be Sasha and Bianca against Nia and Shayna for the champion, the tag championships on Sunday. Uh, this has to be the moment that Sasha turns. And there's if, if they win the belts, I I swear I'm going to lose it because once again you just slap two singles wrestlers together. And if they if they take the titles, it it the titles are useless then. No, I think those titles are being held until the girls from NXT come up. Yeah, well, I think that's two weeks. So two weeks, I, I definitely, I definitely think it's time for NXT to, like I said before, NXT's time to hold the belts. It'll be Dakota and Raquel taking those down the road. Uh, another great line 
that I, I don't want to, I want to make sure we, we get to mention was uh, Daniel Bryan when, when they're cutting the promo with KO and Cesaro and they start listing off all the people that KO's turned his back on. <laughs> and Brian's like, there's another big name. I can't remember, man. I should really just make a list about it to completely allude to Jericho and the, the festival of friendship. Great little throwaway and, and jab there. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for the, the, I'm excited for that elimination chamber match. I think it's going to be really good. I, I mean, <clears throat> as I, as I keep mentioning, we'll, we'll talk about who we think is going to win uh, on the next episode. Well, speaking of KO, he, he was my standout favorite in that main event and he wasn't even in it. He wasn't involved until the very end. And I got so irrationally excited when Sammy attacked him. I was like, Oh my God, we're going to do Sammy Kevin. Oh, okay. But no, but that's enough. It was just, it was really well done. Like the whole, the whole match, the psychology behind the match is waiting to see when and if KO is going to get in the match. And he was never in. Like they just kept you waiting, stringing you along. And then there was a payoff at the end to see who got stunned. Well, yeah. And that, and that, I mean, that was the whole, that was the whole bit that they were, that they were playing out the whole time is that, you know, who can trust, you can't trust KO. He's just stunning everybody. So you can't trust him to, to be that guy. You know, they, they were really concerned and wanted to make sure that, uh, they didn't, you know, they didn't open themselves up for uh, for a backstab. So yeah, I, I I agree. The the match Sunday, like I said, the match Sunday, I think is going to be great. I still think that there's going to be time in between, especially with the way this card is set up. Like you can't, you've got to have an actual championship match. I don't think it's going to be like a five minute squash. You you don't have enough on this card for it to be that. So I think right. the SmackDown Chamber opens up the show. And then I'd love to say that Roman ends the show, but I don't know. I, I think Roman starts the show. What do you mean Roman starts? Didn't he make the, the a reference to that? That, if, you know, if he's on the show, he's, he's, he's opening the show. Like he's, I think that's a Heyman thing because Brock is always doing that too. Brock's doing uh, that because he wants to leave. Like Brock gets well, to, yeah. unlike, unlike the rest of the guys, Brock gets to go home after his match. So he, he, right. you know, he wants to get, he wants to beat traffic. <laughs> Roman can't open the mat, open the show because you need to have the chamber match first. He doesn't, he doesn't have a, no, he, and then his angle, his angle. I mean, yeah, his angle could open it, but I, like I said, I still think they need to have a break in between the matches because you, you don't have, you have to fill this, you have to fill time on this card. And I obviously like they've, you know, they've had pay-per-views end at 10 30 these days, but at the same time, I think, but I, I disagree. I think his whole shtick is going to be, he takes whoever wins the chamber right as the chamber ends. Yeah. No, Cause I mean, he's a chicken shit heel. That's what it's supposed to be. I, and I, I can see, see faces, faces overcome. I can see it. I don't know. I mean, we'll find out and we can talk, we'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about that a little more on the, on, uh, the next episode speaking of things that we need to talk about and try and figure out AEW had three they they announced like three two or three matches this week that i don't know what they are so uh it started off oh, with, we'll, we'll save the big one for last yeah save so the big one for last it, it started off with hangman and hardy uh in in the tag team match we were we were going to finally get like some some feedback on what happened with the contract signing you and i both thought it was going to be like uh jbl thing and hangman's gonna have to you know work his way out of this contract nope wasn't that at all turns out that hardy somehow signed the wrong contract or, or hangman switched the contracts out which we never saw but hangman switched the contracts out for a match i'm willing to let it go they're they're allowed to have a, a you know some goofiness here and some 
suspension of disbelief. We don't we don't need to be spoon fed every little thing the way they do over the, over at the Fed. Like, no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we I'm not saying that we do. I'm just saying that like, you know, they there was a, I just I we saw I saw it going a different way. And I mean, they set up a they set up a match which is great, but there's not a whole lot of build there right now. There's not a lot of build up for them to be like against each other i mean they, they've been teasing a little bit but it's been nothing major but then they made it this quote-unquote big money match so whoever I, I think this is just a way to get hangman with the dark order i think i think that's all it is because they're the ones that came out and did the rescue well yeah but they've been doing that te- that tease has been happening for months now i mean i don't i don't think this i think this is the match that hopefully gets hangman back on track with a as a single as a single star because i think the next the next champion or the next contender for the champion should be hangman and omega because you've already got that storyline in place and it was a great agree it was a great match to end the number one contenders tournament and they just kind of like let it go from there but i think hangman needs to start building himself back up working his way back up the the rankings and and get back to being a singles wrestler either with the tnt championship or the AEW world heavyweight champion well i think tnt is next uh because and i think that's where the dark order comes in and just just by the way little bit of storytelling that i liked when they came out to rescue hangman it was negative one that led the charge and told everybody to come out like i i love that they have kept this guy's family in the loop and you know if this kid's out there that means he's getting paid so they're still paying them to do stuff i I really i love that uh yeah i actually i actually met amanda huber in new orleans uh during wrestlemania season so our friend Adam J, who does uh, WWE leggings at wildbangerang.com. He was meeting with her because he had, she, she had made a purchase. Um, Sasha Banks is a huge fan of his, of, of his stuff. And so Sasha told Amanda about it and he actually had like bludgeon brothers designs. So she bought a, a couple pairs. We bumped, ran into her on a mall uh, in New Orleans and she, she took the, you know, she took the, she took the leggings and we ended up probably sitting there and chatting with her for a solid, like three hours. Wow. Her, her and April exchanged Facebook. We're, we're, you know, we're Facebook friends. Her and April exchanged information. Like she thought we were a lot closer to Rochester than we actually are. So she was like trying to plan breakfast and stuff. And I felt really bad that, we're, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a nine and a half hour drive, but I got, to, yeah, I'm not even that close to Rochester. I mean, I hung out with, with Brody jr. We were playing, uh, he was playing Pokemon go on my phone and he was uh, my Groot. Uh, my sideshow collectibles Groot. He was playing with that, and we were just kind of hanging out while April and Amanda spoke. I mean, that family that that hurt when when he passed, and that family. I mean, there was there was no truer truer love or any of that, and they were so proud of him. She showed me a video of of Brody like doing like Greco wrestling, like school wrestling, and after a takedown, he stood up and he did he did the eyes thing. He, he put his hands up to his eye and like taunted <laughs> your his eyes. Just, he taunted his opponent just like his dad would. And it was, it was hilarious. So yeah, I'm super glad that they're keeping negative one involved. I'm super glad that they're going to honor uh, Brody Lee and, and keep that going. I, I actually, the masks as well. I love, I don't know if you've noticed 10 and negative one have updated their masks where negatives one, like his eye holes are literally negative one. So one is a one is the negative sign. The other one is is the one, and then uh, ten as well. His eyes are or his his face cutout is a ten. So he's got a one and then a, a zero on the other side. So I, I love what they're doing with the dark order. It's odd that they would 
turn face like this, but in the situation, obviously it was kind I think of, they didn't have a choice. No. And there was no way that they were, they were, they weren't, you know, you think back to when they first appeared and it was Grayson and Uno, you know, on the throne of minions and, 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 and stuff. And you figured this was going to be like a, a, a second coming of the, the ministry of darkness kind of thing. And uh, I, I fell for it. I thought it was going to be Matt Hardy. Oh yeah. No, I thought it was going to be Matt Hardy too. But I, I also thought that they were going to have, like I said, there was going to be this like ministry of darkness and all this, you know, like evil stuff. And then, behind the scenes and uh, being the elite happens and like, they kind of have more like comedy. I think because of the comedy that they were doing on being the elite, it completely pulled them away from what they could have been, which was just straight dark order cult cult status. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm all about cults, <laughs> but it, it was great. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with, uh, with hangman if he ends up joining the dark order, but I would still like for him to be the uh, you know, championship contender down the line. Now the other uh, the other match which they they just it was basically a throwaway announcement but there's going to be a six man ladder match at Revolution for the to be the face of Revolution which will make you the number one contender for the TNT Championship so that you can be the face of TNT which is whatever they do it's a long way to go it's it, yeah I I've, and they announced uh, who they announced for it it was Cody Penta and somebody else and i can't i can't think of who the third person maybe jungle boy uh, i can't think of who the third person was but jungle boy is another one i put jungle boy in the same category put hangman page those are the guys that are going to carry this company oh yeah five years from now they're they're, oh, yeah. they're going to be the biggest stars well so th- and that was so they only announced those three names there's going to be six people total so three more names to come don't know you know they, they just kind of threw it away like I, I i don't know what the if it'll be a briefcase or whatever hanging above the ring but i mean it should be a great match but yeah just kind of threw it away there during the tag team uh during the the, the tag match when when cody was in the ring after finding out he's having a baby girl speaking of tag the tag matches santana and ortiz and the young bucks was a phenomenal match it was a great <clears throat> great tag team championship match a, a good finish with basically Santa, santana getting a little bit or i'm sorry ortiz getting a little bit ahead of himself and like just getting too cocky and then quick roll up for the win traditional beat down after the match and then the good brothers eventually show up after once again kenny uh kenny shows his does his best bret hart impersonation watching watching the tv in the back <laughs> during the i match. didn't catch that reference but you're absolutely right the Kenny Kenny's been doing that. He's been he's been pulling that, and the Young Bucks did it too. Where like when the Young Bucks were pretending to be heels, they're doing the whole thing where they're you know they're facing the camera, and then their necks are completely twisted around to to see the TV. Kenny also read to kids uh, in a, in a lovely little segment. He read about the Good Brothers, and then Kenny uh, hates kids. Kenny hates kids, and kids hate Michael Nakazawa. That's what that's <laughs> what I learned. That's what I learned during that segment. Which brings us, I guess, to the you know the the final match, which we need to figure out what the hell it is which is uh so eddie kingston butcher and blade fight moxley ray phoenix and lance archer in a six-man match mox wins via pinfall again really great match uh, just uh, there but a lot of just random bodies being thrown around i don't know what they're doing with butcher and blade they're just kind of like in there to be fodder for when kingston needs somebody to help lose with him um i i love eddie kingston i love his his passion and i and and whatnot I would love to see him uh, in a, in a TNT, you know, in the TNT title picture, but you know, I, I just don't understand really what's happening with butcher and blade. They've never really. Getty Kingston has Lance Archer in his future forever. Like that's going to go for a long time until they kill one of them. 
Basically. And Butcher and Blade are going to be there just because Kingston, as great as he is, is not believable against this animal that is Lance Archer. With that, yeah, without without the shady heel tactics. I mean, that's what's right. great about Eddie Kingston is that he he plays that that heel like the true heel, the dirty heel, very well. And I love Lance Archer. Don't get me wrong. I think he's again the the best part about AEW is they have so many guys on this roster that are going to be there for five to ten years in varying. You know, you, you do the carousel. Who's champion? Who's TNT? Who's in a tag team? All of these guys. Puck. Uh, Puck. Pack. Yeah. Is one. Ray Phoenix is astonishing. Oh, my God. He, he is, does not get enough love. No. You have him. You have Lance Archer who's going to be, you know, you think you got a good five years with him. But Jungle Boy, uh, Hangman Page, these are all guys that they're, they're doing the work now. And the FTR, yeah, FTR, you forget that they're not, they've been around so long, you forget that they're still a relatively young team. Yeah. And same with the Bucks. Like, th- this is a carousel of characters and feuds and setups and alliances and, and deceptions and betrayals that are going to go on for the next five to 10 years. And I'm here for all of it. All of oh, these yeah. guys are, are amazing and astonishing and good to go. And, you know, Jericho is playing the old grizzled veteran that as time goes on, you're going to see him less and less in the ring. But he's going to be, you know, sort of the Paul Ellering going forward. Now, the inevitable face turn is coming for him right now. Yeah, and he's also, I mean, he's also directly, like, he, he's cementing himself as commentary in the future. Like, he's already, you know, they, they already... Find me someone better. Oh, no, you can't. I mean, they, yeah, they advertise heavily, which is good, too, because I think, if anything, the, the weakest part of AEW is the commentary. I'm sorry. I love JR and Tony Schiavone. They're, they're legends of the business. Pick one. They're, they're killing me on commentary. Like Jr. doesn't even know who half the guys are sometimes, or he forgets the matches, or he just he doesn't seem interested. And I'm just like, you're you're pulling away from it. Excalibur is great. When when Jr. isn't doing play by play, he can't do color. He has no interest in color. Right. So that that's a two man booth if there ever was. Yeah, and and because Excalibur is incredible. Excalibur is great. He is a encyclopedia of knowledge. I mean, he he pulls out some really great stuff. His his work on Dark is just as good as the stuff on uh, Dynamite. So I, I love seeing Excalibur. Well, it's the same thing though. Like, I mean, they're they're good, but it's just like I don't know that the commentary or the backstage, like the backstage guys are uh, Alex Marvez or whatever. He's okay, but he just. I, it's pulling teeth sometimes when I watch him do a, do a, a Q and a or a promo segment with anybody. Like it just, it's well, just... The, the one area I will say AEW is far and away superior to WWE is their backstage interviews. And I don't even care about the quality of the interview. The thing that I love that chef's kiss is when they are done interviewing, whoever they're interviewing, they look at the camera and go, Tony, Jr. back to you. Yes. As opposed to WWE, where they stare off into the distance as if Shane just left town and gunned down half the... Like, what the hell is that? It yeah. makes no sense at all. Well, and what makes no sense at all, I mean, that, that's a good lead into what we need to talk about here, which is what the hell is going to be an exploding barbed wire match? Is the barbed wire exploding? Is there other explosions that will be happening with barbed wire involved? Like, I just don't know. So uh, basically, Kenny and Mox are going to fight in the main event at Revolution in an exploding barbed wire match. Most likely, this is going to be used as a write-off for Moxley uh, with Renee, uh, with Renee basically due to give birth fairly soon. So this is basically paternity yeah. coming up. 
but I don't know what the hell an exploding barbed wire match is. Uh, oh, sorry, exploding barbed wire death match. Got to throw in that. From from what I've seen, from because I have researched this a little bit. Okay. They surround the ring with explosives, and you get a little pops here and there. Now the the ring, the ropes are replaced by barbed wire. That's the first thing. So good good luck good luck with that. Okay. Uh, every time there's a big slam or something on the ring posts some explosions like little explosions will go off but you won't see the actual giant explosion until the very end and then they go home that's that's what that will be so this is basically going to be these two guys beating the living shit out of each other yeah it's probably going to be a fairly bloody affair yeah well i mean because that's AEW's thing they want to you know go back old school and push the envelope a little bit well yeah but half the time they do it by accident like cody diving over the ropes and just hitting his face on the on the on the, on the <laughs> five minutes remaining i mean yeah I, definitely gonna be a bloody affair it's it's just crazy that like i mean and mox and kenny already had that match and it was phenomenal but and it ended on that like that barbed wire bed basically which was right i mean i, I assume that's going to be making a comeback to some degree but i mean it, it's insane to me that you have from the same company that brought you the mimosa mayhem where you know, <laughs> throwing people into a giant pool of mimosa, you're now going to be getting a exploding barbed wire death match. Oh, this is part of their deal. I think with new Japan, because that's, you know, that's, that's a, I don't want to say traditional, but that's more seen over there than here. Right. Well, and, that's what, I'm, and that's what I'm more excited about though. I'm more excited about the crossover happening with new Japan, obviously still a little bit with impact, but much more along the lines of what's happening with new Japan. I think Kenny Omega should go on a tear. He should win the impact championship, hold the AEW championship. He's still got the triple a championship. And then, I, I mean, I don't know if he then takes that to try and challenge some, try and challenge Kota. It's a really easy story for him to fight Kota Ibushi again over in new Japan. I mean, first though, you got to split those belts up. I, I know you're not following New Japan as much, but basically they've had, I think for the last year and a half now, the champion is the double champion. Every time there's a match, every time there's a fight, it is for the ID, IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental championship. And the winner just holds both straps. I'm not a fan of it. I want them to break it up. Code is the guy who can do it too. He can do a, uh, I think he can do, you know, main event two nights in a row. First night he, he, puts up the IC title second night he puts up the heavyweight championship but I just I want those belts to be split I like it better when you know there's there's more belts to fight for especially with the U.S. title being you know locked up right now on Moxley I'm a big fan of the expedition of gold yes let, let him let him go and take everything you know and then he's your guy yeah now at that point you make the argument that Kenny Omega is the main event guy in professional wrestling well more, yeah certainly more than true and probably as much as Roman well, because he's well, because he's the best bout machine, and I think that's the story. I mean, that's the story that you have. You have him go on this expedition, you know, this gold, expedition of gold. He ends up holding all of these championships and all these different companies. He can defend them all. There's, the, you know, the crossovers there. I think the biggest thing that needs to happen though for for that is uh, opening of of uh, travel between Japan and and, and the U.S. Yeah, that's, that's obviously kind of paramount because you can't just have him go to New Japan strong and you know deal with the the u.s championship or kenta and with the couple guys that are over there that are still John, how, how how great would it be to see kenny omega walking out like dan severin or ultimo dragon just right there's so many belts on him that 
raped. Don Don Callis has to carry them all in like a suitcase. Like, which one are we defending tonight? No, not this one. Not this. One. Oh, this one here. Zach Saber. I mean, Zach Saber. I think it was like Zachy three belts or Zachy four belts. I mean, Zach Saber Jr. used to come down to the ring. He would have three belts stacked up on his torso and then carrying one over his shoulder because he had like he had the Rev Pro titles. He had a couple of New Japan titles. Like uh, you know, he used to he used to do that all Dude, the time. I'd have him win. I'd have him win the tag belts at someone. Does Impact still have the six man belt? I'd give him that one too. Give him everything. No, Impact Impact doesn't have six man belts. They have the X. I think they are just tag X division and heavyweight right now. Like have an over the top ludicrous that he's oh, just yeah. there. Like you can't even see his face. That they're all over the place. Yeah, all with all with Don Callis pulling the strings in the background. I mean, it's yeah. you know it's it's completely feasible. And like I said, I would love to see it. Hopefully they they get to open up. You know, and then then you do the fall from grace. Yeah, where he loses everything, and then he's got to build himself back up again. Yep, and he can come back as a as a strong face and build himself back up after after plummeting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm excited. We still have like two weeks, I think, uh, two or three weeks before Revolution, so plenty of time for them to still build up and maybe give us a little bit more explanation of what's to come. We did get to see Sammy. The Sammy Guevara storyline continues. Apparently, there was some some drama between him and Impact, but they got that worked out. And somebody else that I want to see come back uh, that I haven't mentioned um, and hasn't been seen officially in like a month or so, but he was. Uh, part of the John Huber remembrance show is Sean Spears. He left. He kind of cut that, like he cut that promo on Shivani saying like, I'm, I'm gone and I'm, I'll come back when I want to come back. And you didn't actually know, like a lot of people thought it was, it was uh, you know, that was a shoot. But like I said, then he showed up at the, at the remembrance and he was, he was on stage when they did the 10 bells and stuff like that. So he's definitely still with the company. I'm just curious to see when he actually makes that comeback. And maybe he's one of the names in that ladder match. Maybe he's one of the six or a surprise entrant into that, into that ladder match uh, to either renew a rivalry with Cody or, um, you know, take a shot for the TNT championship. If, if they didn't do anything with him after he busted open Cody with that chair, they're never going to do anything with him. I think Sean's, Spears is one of those guys that gets lost in the shuffle and that's that's the end of him yeah and i don't want it to be because i think he's really i think he's great he's really good on the mic and his, his, his ring work is solid. no no I mean, no not, no my not... friend the bell has rung oh. we are done damn it i didn't even get to talk about nxt uk Ah, well, for the first time ever, we have hit the 60-minute time limit, uh, so we're going to have to cut it off right there. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this week's One Fall podcast. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about the Elimination Chamber and previewing all the matches there. Next week, then, we'll be back with highlights from the Elimination Chamber. We'll talk about what happened on Raw and SmackDown post-chamber. We'll see how NXT is doing, and we'll see how AEW is rolling up to Revolution. Uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at One Fall Pod. Drop us some comments. Let us know what you're liking, what you're not liking, where we can improve, all that stuff. It would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, thank you once again for joining us. We will see you next time on the One Fall Podcast. We are your 60-minute Ironman. See ya!